0: So one of my duties here in the diocese, along with being a priest at St. Patrick's, is to be one of the uh, assistant vocations directors. So Father Mano is the head vocations director, and then there are three of us who are assistants. We help him out. And one of the things that we do in this role is to go around to the different elementary and middle schools in the diocese, and we'll put on vocations assemblies, right? So we'll go in there, and we'll get the kids in the gym, we'll play a little basketball, we'll play a little volleyball, and then we'll do a vocations talk to them in the middle of all of it. And uh, so we were doing this this past Wednesday, and one of the priests was given the vocations talk after we had played volleyball, and he started out by saying uh, to the kids, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And one of the great things about kids is that they have, like, endless ambition, right? You know, they have lots of things that they want to be, which is very cool. And so, you know, the first couple kids go, and they're saying things like, oh, man, I want to be a Professional football player. I want to be in the NBA and that kind of stuff. Great. And uh, and then this one little guy raises his hand and he says, "I want to be an insurance underwriter." <laughs> uh, which, if you're an insurance underwriter, I mean, I'm not. It's a great career, but uh, it's just funny to hear it from a fourth grader, you know. But anyway, what this priest was getting at, you know, was that. We often put too much emphasis, I think, on that question. You know, when we ask people, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do in life? When the question really should be, what is it that you think Jesus wants you to do? Those are very different questions, aren't they? You know, we can spend our whole lives making our own plans and trying to fulfill them without much success, you know? But if we're constantly asking the question, Jesus, what do you want from me? I surrender to that. I want to be obedient to you, Jesus. What did you make me for? What do you want to fulfill in my life? That's the real question. That's what we should really be teaching young people to ask themselves. Because it's amazing. We know that God, in fact, does create us with a purpose in mind. God doesn't do anything accidentally. God doesn't do anything willy-nilly. He creates us all with a specific mission in mind. He gives us our certain talents, our certain strengths, and even our certain weaknesses that all prepare us for the path that Jesus intends. And the only question for us is, okay, are we going to follow that path? Or are we going to choose to do our own thing? And it's beautiful. We hear that in the first reading today from the prophet Isaiah, he said, the Lord made me his servant from the womb. Even from the very first moments of Isaiah's existence, God had a plan for him. Uh, And we hear this throughout the other parts of the scripture as well. You know, from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Man, isn't that crazy? To think that even before he existed in the womb, God knew us. God loved us. God had a plan for our existence. And even St. John the Baptist, who we hear about today, his mission started in the womb when he leapt for joy at the voice of Mary, at the presence of Jesus. His mission to prepare the way for Jesus Christ starts in that moment when he acknowledges the presence of the Savior, even from the first moments of his wife, in, uh, his life in his mother's womb. And what a beautiful thing that is, to know that God has a plan for each one of us. That's incredible. God cares about you, specifically. God didn't skip over you. God didn't forget you. Nothing like that. God has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. He has a plan for each and every single person that's ever existed. And we have importance through that. God wants us to exist. And that's amazing if we just sit in there and think about that a little bit. We have purpose, we have meaning, and that's beautiful. But even on a deeper level, even deeper than that, we have meaning, we have dignity, we have value as human persons because of who we are, not because of what we can do, because of who we are as made in the image and likeness of God. I was at a family's house a couple nights ago, and um, the young family, they had just had a baby a couple months ago, and we were sitting around the dinner table after having the meal, and the mom was sitting next to me with the infants and she said, hey, father, do you want to hold the baby? And so just even the thought of that stresses me out, you know? <laughs> so I started to say, like, oh, well, I'm not, I don't know, it makes me kind of nervous, and before I knew it, she had put the baby in my arms. <laughs> And I was sitting there just holding the baby. And when you hold a baby, you just can't help but recognize the beauty, the value of that child. Innately, instinctively, uh, instinctively, we know the value of that child. Not because it can do anything. Literally, that kid can't do anything productive. He just squirms around and waits for someone to take care of. But we also know that we would do anything for that kid to protect him, to make sure he's okay. Because he has value, because of who he is, made in the beautiful image and likeness of God himself, not because he can do anything. And this is true for all of us, brothers and sisters. This is true for every single human person, whether it's an infant, a couple months old, or a 95-year-old person at the end of their life or even for a child who has just begun to exist at the moment of conception in its mother's womb. That's all human life. And because of that, all people, at whatever stage of life, are important, are valuable, and have dignity. And the reason why I'm talking about this this morning is because this coming week on Wednesday, we'll recognize the 47th, anniversary of the Supreme Court's decision in Roe versus Wade. So it's this decision basically that that the Constitution of the United States provides for the right to have an abortion, which is an egregious decision. But we know that in the last 47 years, this has been the case in our country. And it's now more than ever that we need to keep fighting against it. We need to keep up our pro-life efforts. We need to keep praying, first and foremost. Um, and it's not an issue of one political party versus another. It's not an issue of anyone being uh, having the right to choose anything. It's simply a matter of whether or not what's in a woman's womb is a human. If that is a human life, which we know it is, through both science and our faith, then abortion is unacceptable. If that's human life, which it is, then abortion is unacceptable, and it's as simple as that. It truly is. And we, brothers and sisters, need to be the ones that keep working for justice, that keep standing up for those children who can't stand up for themselves. We need to keep praying We need to keep speaking the truth. We need to keep witnessing to our faith. We need to keep doing our best to make sure that pro-life legislation is passed. All of these things fall to us. No one else is going to do it. We need to be the ones to go out and make this happen. We receive the strength to do that through our prayer, through our sacraments, and from each other. Building each other up in this community and helping each other to go out and do that. And now, I want to make a very important point here. If you've had an abortion, if you've participated in an abortion, if you've encouraged an abortion, you're not defined by your sins. None of us are defined by our sins. We're defined by the fact that we are beloved sons and daughters of God the Father. And so if you've done something bad, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ wants to give you his mercy. The mercy of the sacred heart of Jesus is limitless. There's nothing we can do to separate ourselves from that. But we have to make the choice to receive it. So don't be afraid to approach the mercy of Jesus Christ in the confessional. At this parish, we have confessions every day. The mercy of Jesus Christ is always available to us. Don't be afraid of it, but rather go to the Lord, receive that forgiveness, and receive the healing that Jesus wants to give you. We're not going to be judgmental. We're not going to yell at you. We're not going to be mad. We're there because we want the mercy of Jesus Christ to flow out to everybody in our parish and to everybody in the world. And so, again, brothers and sisters, let us uh, be renewed in our efforts, our pro-life efforts, to stand up for what's right, to keep praying for those children, to keep praying for an end to abortion, and to keep witnessing to our faith. Let's not be afraid to go out and preach the good news. Let's receive the strength that Jesus Christ has for us in this Mass today. And let us go out and continually stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves.